0: interpreting all these languages. You put the two together, and that's where I felt like I was kind of coming from, and that my role was as diplomatic, you know, Starseed ambassador in the other dimensions, of bringing these languages through there, in that dimension. Yes, it was more for diplomatic negotiations to understanding the different languages, and I believe why I had so many of them come in a certain period of time It was a big question for me about why would they come all of a sudden? And this gets into the, we're not on a linear timeline and all things are happening at the same time.
1: You got to accentuate the positive... Welcome
2: to ATP Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, showing you how to accentuate the positive, the way to a better life.
0: Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now. Along if
1: you feel like that's what you want.
2: Hello and welcome to another hour Accentuating the Positive. I'm your host Karen Swain. I'm a teacher of deliberate creation, a channel and a medium, channeling wisdom from my guides and broader perspective whom I've called Blissful Beings. On Accentuate the Positive, you'll hear conversations with open hearts and inspired minds. It's my intent to put more love out through our media. It's so important to have a media diet that uplifts you, empowers you, and reminds you of who you really are, instead of a lot of the media that we get that puts you in fear. So this is why I present the show. I've got some wonderful guests lined up for you. Welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. So amazing to have you join us for another enlightened conversation with another beautiful being I have to introduce you to today. Her name is Lightstar. She is a visual attunement artist or attunement artist if you're American and a galactic or celestial channel. Welcome to the show Lightstar. So exciting to have you on the show.
0: Thank you so much, Karen. It's my pleasure to be here.
2: Now, I saw you speak at the Sedona Conference, not physically, on YouTube, and I just loved what you had to say, and we're going to discuss some of the things that you said during that talk and more, but let's get into a little bit of your journey and how you became a celestial channel and a visual Mm -hmm. attunement artist.
0: Well... I guess I will go backwards a bit in time to my corporate development because I actually was in a very corporate environment. I didn't, I mean, I was always a spiritual child. I would say I had that kind of innately coming in. And I had parents, thank goodness, that um, were very spiritually oriented or at least open to it. And I didn't have them shutting us down into a box for the most part. So that was a a blessing, I would say. Um, And they were absolutely beautiful people. They're no longer here on the planet. But they were absolutely beautiful. So that part of it. But I did grow up in a very corporate environment in uh, marketing communications is kind of how it started out. And I was living in Colorado for about 15 years. And towards the end of that time period, I started to get a bit restless as you know, some of us do with, I'm feeling I'm, cause I was in, in marketing communications, doing a lot of computer and I was doing graphic design, but it was for, it was for construction, environmental restoration companies. So it was not in the spiritual type of environment at all. And I was feeling called towards that because along my journey, while I was in the corporate, I would take classes on the side. I became a massage therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was certified in massage for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I did take Reiki classes and, and got certified in those kind of uh, pranic healing. So I had a lot of healing environment uh, as well as massage and doing polarity, different things of that nature. Also on the spiritual side of things, I also got certified in a few different types of modalities, but I also was a naturopath. So I studied and became uh, a naturopath. I'm doing
2: this. Because it's like, you're, you're just speaking my history. I mean, hello. <laughs> I really? was a naturopath, a massage therapist, and
0: did a whole lot of healing courses. So I'm like, you oh same thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely have a mirror mirror going on here. So I definitely had stepped into that arena, but I didn't necessarily go head on into naturopathy. Even though yeah. I studied yeah. it for myself, I was doing it and learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but towards the end of my corporate time, I really got some messages that my time, you know, intuitively, I had been getting the feeling that my time was going to be done with the corporate work and that I was going to be leaving Colorado. But you know, like a lot of us, we like to hang on as long as we can because of the fear that sets in. Like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what I'm going to do. I had not been really doing any intuitive readings. That was not in my, at all, on the horizon. Um, certainly wasn't doing any light language or anything having to do with the star realm at that time. And I was getting called more and more to leave the corporate behind. And so it finally came, uh, my job ended around the 2009 when everybody was losing their jobs from the market crashing. Mm-hmm. Well, I was the tail end of that. Mm-hmm. And that sort of sped into, okay, it's time to move. It's time to start something new. So I moved, well, I went back to California for a short bit, but I ended up moving to Sedona here accidentally. It wasn't really like a plan, but I ended up here, was only going to be here for about six months. Well, now I'm going on almost nine years. So it changed dramatically when I moved here. And I did take a channel, it was like a channeling class through uh, Doreen Virtue's son his name is Charles Virtue and he teaches the same thing that she does in the uh, angel class. And that was first me sort of stepping into that whole arena of like, what is this? You know, and what is an intuitive reading? What is this angel reading? What's this about? And that's where it sort of sparked an interest. But when I came to Sedona, I really had an opening here. And my whole life, I did some healing work here because everybody comes to Sedona to do healing work. Mm-hmm. But when I came here, I opened up just doorway upon doorway mm-hmm. of my gift of doing graphic design and that kind of artistry opened up into the spiritual arena. You know, it was very much like I said before, doing very corporate type type of, of work. And now I started bringing in doing angels and you know, all these different things that were coming to me in my dream time and what I was doing. And so I started to just create some artwork and it just took off like a rocket because my early work is very different than my work now. That's the progression. And now I've got, gosh, I've got about 44 images from my Oracle deck that, you know, came out with all the images I created. And I'm now on my new like whole procession. And so the portals opened, I was having dreams. I was having visions. And I started to create this in my art. And then I started to do the intuitive sessions for people and started to open up that way. And that doorway started opening wider. And then all the star seed started pouring in. And that information was coming in. And We probably can talk about specifics on light language, but um, Mm -hmm. that's generally how it all happened and started to unfold. So I thank Sedona for that.
2: Oh that's such a beautiful story it just reminds me of a friend of mine who speaks light language and she's an amazing sound oracle and and we have a place here called Byron Bay in Australia which is like mm-hmm. the which is like the Sedona of Australia it's just oh, nice. filled with healers and light workers and galactic beings and star seeds it's, when i was younger i used to go and play up there we had the self mastery ball and we all dressed up in our you know galactic sort of costumes <laughs> That's <laughs> just fine. Like, okay. Anyway, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yep. just like this portal, this activation that calls people for an, aw- mm. well, an awakening, and uh, it sort of tends to spit people out though. They go there yes. and they you stay have the for a while, and then it spits them out, and they sort of go out into the world with their new message and stuff. Yeah,
0: that is exactly what happens when you move to Sedona, and mm-hmm. some people actually when they come here are very disturbed and don't really like it here because they may not be ready for that kind of energy and, and that kind of shift because Sedona, like the one you're, you know, the place where you have as well, these sacred sites really require you. If you're going to stay there, they require you to completely do work on yourself mm-hmm. to completely change and transform and continue to look at your stuff (laughs) you know the stuff that we don't want to look at well you can't really live in these sacred sites unless you are continually willing to do that because it will always bring it especially in the vortex i mean this is a vortex one big giant vortex and your stuff goes around and around and around and it can be very frustrating unless you're like dealing with it take the next one and move to the next step And I know for myself, I have reinvented myself even in the last eight years, several times Mm -hmm. because of that. So Mm -hmm. it just levels and it keeps going up and it keeps challenging you to uh, open up your gifts even more, Um, particularly here in the creative environment, the creative and the intuitive skill sets typically open up very wide here. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of artists, we have a lot of channels, we have a lot of musicians and we have healers. they're attracted to it here because their gifts get amplified and so it's pretty interesting
2: let me ask you i want to ask you about when you met your galactic family but let me ask you just out of curiosity you know i find with those people that live in byron that there is this this money issue that they have like the energy up there with the with the abundance it's always this kind of struggle around the money thing and even a friend of mine who's this famous makeup artist went and lived up there for about nine years and she was very abundant and then she lived there and she struggled and then she came back to the big city and she kind of got back into the flow of the abundance again. Does that happen in Sedona as well?
0: Well, there's a saying here in Sedona where it is like, you know, you could lose, you can come here with like $2 million and easily be like zero in a couple of years. It's it's really interesting because the here in Sedona is the very it, it sort of forces you to kind of let go and and release attachments here. Mm-hmm. So all the things that you come with, you know, my corporate background and, and working really hard, but also having money and all that. Sometimes is released here. And so there's a lot of fear and kind of like, whoa, what's going on? And it sort of does allow you to face your own uh, manifesting and abundance issues. So it's a huge thing here in the community. Um, we have, we're trying to shift that and trying to change the energy. You know, we have a lot of what, starving artists, starting musicians, you know, holistic healers that are just barely getting by because this is a, a tourist town. And so it, you know, that is trying to shift right now. So, yeah, it is a big issue here, and we all deal with it in one way or another, but our issues about it always are coming up. Yeah. So first and
2: I'm foremost. I'm just getting a really strong message as I'm having this inquiry. It's mm-hmm. about letting go of the, an old paradigm. It's yep. about letting go of feeling the security of life coming from uh, a regular income. and. Absolutely. And connecting to that security within that security that you've got this team that just love you and are just looking after you. Like it's taking the focus off the income and putting it on the team. Mm-hmm. That's
0: the spirit. Whoop. Yeah, That's you're actually, whoop. you know, I just, I was getting chills like when you were talking because it's very, very, you know, up in your face mm-hmm. about what you have been doing and how you had been living. And then now what the new way is, and maybe you don't know how to live in spirit or how to call upon. I know I learned a lot of lessons in this and I'm still learning it, but like how to call in spirit to literally help you in your path to live in a new way and to have a new level of trust. It's not about having certain money, a certain amount of money in the bank that you know is there. So no matter what you do, you're not going to really take some risks and have to trust. Because that money's sitting there. But what if you don't have that money sitting there? Exactly. Then you're totally in spirit and in the process of going through trusting yourself, first and foremost, and trusting your guides and spirits and all of that. Exactly. Very it's important. like, oh,
2: I'm just getting all this download. It's like living in the yeah. moment... And being just completely in the moment, because the old paradigm is save money and put it in the bank and have the nest for a rainy day. But that just, the whole energy of that is like, I don't trust that I'm looked after. So I have to, I I have to hoard. I have to save.
0: Anyway, we could get into this,
2: but I want to keep talking about um, you.
0: (laughs) I agree. No, I I think it's a very important valid point right now because thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. It's It's
2: about living in the moment and just being just, loving the moment I, I want to talk about how you met your galactic family so you're you're working as an artist that the creative gifts are just expanding exponentially and you're downloading all this stuff and then when did you like meet your galactic family like introduce did, when did they sort of introduce themselves to you and say hello
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Well, I think the first year and a half I lived in Sedona, I pretty much cloistered my, myself away. I was doing a lot of healing work. So I wasn't out with people and I was literally by myself. And that was a year of separating old friends, people, you know, when you go through that, trans, that transformation period where you have to let go of some friends. That just were just you're not in that place anymore. So there was a period of kind of shedding some old ways, and so I was alone for quite some time, which is totally okay with me because I actually like my alone time. So it it didn't bother me that I wasn't really I didn't have any friends I didn't know anyone here, and I was. Hang on, so you didn't have any friends? We lost connection for yeah. a little bit. So I didn't have a lot of friends like that were coming into my life. I didn't I didn't have anybody I knew here but I literally was okay. And I was just doing my own healing work in my own process. About a year and a half later from that, I started to get the inclination and the intuitive, I need to kind of get out in the community a little bit more. Now it's time. And when I did, I actually went to, they have lots of groups here in Sedona. Mm-hmm. And I went to a group, and connected with the very first group of people. It was kind of like a, it wasn't really a meditation, but it was kind of a meditation slash healing group. Really awesome people. And the more I started to go to these little groups and started to engage with people, I actually met my relationship that I'm in right now, which is Dan's with Bear. And he was one of my, uh, one of the first real, Connection points. Um, I had a few before that that I really felt were like on the level, but he's the one that really started to really share about the Star Seed because he actually was the one that had been in, involved in Star Seed all his life, for the most part from his you know birth or I want to say around three years old. He had some some things happening where he connected with his Star Family, but I had some connections with Star Family here. I started to meet a few friends here, and it was like an instant kind of knowing and just in sort of this beautiful flowering of my heart just saying like wow i feel like these people you know certain people here really resonate and feel like home and feel like family Mm -hmm. and sometimes that comes and goes it's just like any other family if we think about it we don't always hang out with our family and get along with them all the time well sometimes it's the same with even star family sometimes you guys got karmic stuff where you have to work out things and then you kind of move through them, and then you know move on. But there are beautiful people here in Sedona that I connected with because there's so many star people here, you know, in central location that it's pretty easy to connect with like-minded uh, friends like that, yeah. rather than in certain other places, you know, that doesn't have it as much. So that's kind of the general how I started to meet them. And and we started hanging out. And really, we just started activating each other, you know, by being each other's presence, right? Mm-hmm. That's how it happens. And we really helped each other to kind of move up in the levels of what we were doing and really supporting. You know, when you meet your star family, it feels like you're being supported for the very first time, just in your, you know, who you are, you're, just for everything that's happened in your life, no, there isn't as much judgment, and there isn't as much of that going on because they understand that you're kind of going through the same stuff that they are, and they're at that same inquiry level too with uh, information and the spiritual stuff. So yeah. <clears throat>
2: they're going through what you're going through. Excuse me, and mm-hmm. uh, so this kind of segues beautifully into what I wanted to talk about because y- you know you said. You know, when you're in a place like Sedona or Byron Bay or Shasta or places like that, you're surrounded by them. But out in the rest of the world, there's not as many or they're not as identified. Yeah. They're not as open. But you know what? There are as many. <laughs>
1: yes, I agree. And
2: our physical families, there's often karma f- or fraughtness or or difference within our physical families. And our, our, you told this beautiful story about your dad because what I find is with a lot of people who have an awakening, whether it's a galactic or spiritual, you know, and they start to expand and remember things Mm -hmm. that the third-dimensional paradigm doesn't speak about, they start to separate from the ones that they call family and say, you don't understand me, you don't get it, I'm different. And I see that all the time and I've done it, you know, guilty and you we do that to our friends like you're just all asleep you don't get it you talk about (laughs) gossip and you know who's divorcing and who's having implants and I'm talking to the stars you know like and actually creates a more of a separation and what we're here to do is to bring a connection right can you tell us a story about your dad that was such a beautiful story well
0: it yeah really my dad was one of the most amazing human beings as well as and otherwise that I've come across because, you know, the, to his, to his credit on this planet, he was, uh, a, he was a holistic physician and he did chelation therapy. He was, he climbed Mount Everest and he climbed many other mountains as well. He was written up in his later years as senior athlete of the month. He wrote best ways, magazine articles about health and all of that. He was on the board of the American Holistic Medical Association. He was on the board of a bioenergetics association and on and on. The man did so much in this lifetime mm-hmm. that it, it's amazing. And so he did all these things, but meanwhile, back in you know, the family, I was feeling from him for most of my life, very like he was emotionally detached. And just you know emotionally unavailable as a lot of us like to say um, he just I didn't feel he connected that way at all so he was this amazing man we looked up to for everything he did but I didn't feel I was getting emotional needs you know met at that time and as a child and all of that which a lot of people have that feeling so I think it was uh, through that process that I used to, you know, pretty much have judgment about that, right? Because it's our own hurt and our own inner child that didn't get whatever. Mm -hmm. And then when when I got older and I started to uh, see more information, see more things, I had some conversations with him about it, but nothing like really shifted or that that much. Well, after he passed, and it was was probably about four and a half, five years ago by now, he passed over, and I didn't really hear from him for a while through his death. I mean, you know, we can talk to the ones who cross over and I did have communication uh, at that time, but then it was about um, two years later, (laughs) literally that I felt, and I I kept saying, I I felt spiritually like a tapping on my shoulder and I knew that it was him, but I didn't really sit down. It was one of those things where you just go, yeah, okay. Hi, you know, nice. I got stuff I'm doing. And it kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming back. And I finally said, all right, I'm going to sit down with this. And the way I did this was through automatic writing. That's the best way that I actually channel information is through automatic writing. And it was pages upon pages upon pages of information coming from him. And I was blown away because when I read it back, I was was learning about my dad for the very first time, about who he was and total star seed, Okay. I didn't even, I wasn't really that, that uh, averse to on the star seed, I think until later in life. So I wouldn't have known early on anyways, but afterwards I didn't even think really that my family, parts of my family members were, and he definitely was Starseed, told me where he was from and the different locations he was from. And the most poignant part of this is that he told me that, the way his people in his community show their love and show their emotional love for people Mm -hmm. is by the things that they do, all the different things they do for community and how much it's almost like, you know, quantity of how much and quality of what they're doing for people in the community. And that is the primary where the way that they show love and their emotional connection with people. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks because here I was judging this man, you know, because he's not emotional. He doesn't know how to be. He should be doing it like this, like all the other ways we see in the world of how someone should be expressing love to somebody else. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, we really put that on him. And what, you know, no wonder. And he did all these things while he was here on the planet. He tried all these personal experiences you know healing and all these different ways i said in the, the like i said he went and sat in the, the buddhist kind of way and another country sat in a closet where they don't feed you anything and you just contemplate your life because he wanted to be more emotionally available and he didn't know how to do it or why he was having such a problem mm-hmm. i realized that this was him this was who he was and we had imposed a judgment upon him In a way that he should be, knowing that he was beautiful just the way he was, even if he wasn't flowing, gushing, like you know, affectionate to everybody in like the way that we think of down here. We don't realize there's many different species, there's many different races, and they all have a different way of expressing themselves. None of them are wrong, and none of them are to be criticized or judged. It's just because understandably, we don't get certain needs met in our youth here as children that we grow up and then, you know, well, this is the way it's supposed to be, but I didn't get that. And then we start to impose our judgments upon it. So it does take a little bit of time. And, and it certainly takes, uh, for me, it certainly took, you know, kind of the death of my father to really understand this, um, but to, to, it really brought me into a place of humbleness and, and a place of, um, if I wish I had known, you know, in those ways to what, how it would have been different or how our relationship would have been different. Cause he was, he was a very loving man. I don't want to get it wrong that he wasn't, but I know that the relationship probably would have shifted. And if, you know, I had a chance to do that. So I communicate with them now, sometimes here and there, Mm-hmm. But he's pretty much gone on to a whole nother thing right now so <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know one of the biggest shifts that we need to make as a collective consciousness is this judgment thing this criticizing because humans just you know they're experts at judging people in a very critical way with so many star seeds on the planet with so many millions and millions that came in over the last 50 60 70 years mm-hmm. there are very different ways of being and what i've been told from my guides is that, you know, in many other higher dimensions, they have a more positive spectrum of vibration or vibrational frequencies to play with, but a much more limited spectrum on, on the emotional scale, on the frequency scale, whereas humans have this vast spectrum and yeah. we can go in these emotional places that other dimensional beings cannot. Yes. And many of them come here to experience that vastness of frequency range. But, you know, some of it's horrendous, like depression right. and disconnection and feeling alone. How could you ever feel alone when you're connected to all that is? But that's what we can experience here, right? And agree. You know, I've got many friends that just don't get the whole emotional spectrum. I've got one friend who looks so uncomfortable in his body. He makes other people uncomfortable. It's like he's never worn a human body before. It's like, how do I wear this thing? I <laughs> understand that he's, so much. And he's, uh, you know, he's a member of Mensa, brilliant. But when it came to emotion, he was completely, even touch, even feeling sense was numbed. And when I'd say, how do you feel about that? He'd like, well, I think it's this way. Like he didn't even compute how to even contemplate how I felt about something. Anyway, he has changed and he's learning about the emotional spectrum. But, gee, it was hard for him. And
0: and I I feel for him because I understand that really well. I feel I'm kind of in that same realm that isn't the wide spectrum of emotions that we have here and some people do they're wired like that whereas other people a little bit more wired to the more analytical side of things or just to what i like to call people that know of spock on uh you know Star Trek.
1: yeah yeah
0: actually people think of him because that's kind of how sometimes i I used to think of my dad like that and i think now i think you know what Spock was so, he had a way. It's not that he didn't feel. Now, maybe he didn't feel the entire spectrum, but it wasn't that he didn't feel emotion, that he didn't have emotion. He was just able to come from the higher heart, which is the place of refinement of that energy. And that's where I feel that some of us have to distinguish between gushing our hearts out and, you know, flooding all the pain and the suffering and everything we're feeling like, oh my, you know, coming to the depths of it and then realizing yeah. you can still come from the higher heart yeah. and still feel those emotions, but they're coming from a higher refined place. And I always, but, now I have, now I have like more of a, a you know, I, sort of you know wow he's like a role model for some of us yeah. in some where you know, we the human body should be our human race should be getting a little bit more into that maybe there's a balance there you know between the two but he's
2: know, but as you say that I'm getting this the higher heart is very much connected to the good of the whole and and that was really what Spock was so what's the good of the whole not the good of me and the right. lower heart is like my needs what yeah. I need from you, how you love me. It's like how I love you. And the higher right. heart says, it's a bit like your dad. It's like I'm doing this because this is the good of the whole. And that's that communal, that's that yeah. higher love. Like everything Absolutely. I do, I do because it's serving humanity. It's not mm-hmm. serving my ego that says I need you to love me and I need you to adore me. It's serving you, but it doesn't often look loving.
0: Because it doesn't look loving and people get very, you know, either will say the person is aloof, you know, or more aloof or you've heard that term. And, you know, sometimes it does come off like that. And I know I felt that I have felt that way about myself, perhaps even coming off as more aloof, but knowing that people don't realize how we do have the depth of emotions and some of these beings that have that high level, high heart kind of energy I see this particularly also when I Arcturians, okay, just for yeah. example, are very much coming from that high heart space. Mm-hmm. They don't have the crazy, like uh, roller coaster, emotional, everything that we go through. They're coming from a place of high level community. High, it's almost like a hive mind, you know, in a way, but there's a good hive mind. And then there's the negative agenda hive mind, which is totally different, but it's the same concept of the hive high, high mind or the higher mind being at one and in that unity consciousness to try to um, move towards spiritual progression and spiritual growth and evolution. And that's really where they're coming from. And a lot of races that we know are like that. I, I've seen the spectrum of it and I can see when I'm doing light languages and when I'm speaking light languages, I'm feeling the energies of these beings or of... Uh, the energetics of the location of the being and it also comes through like that some of them come through way more with the emotional heart and some of them are more a little bit more analytical side of things or the energy doesn't feel quite as roller coastery. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense yeah uh,
2: look um i want to talk about your black family but i just want to while we're on this subject, you know, Mary Rodwell, who's one of my favourite people on the planet. Have you heard of Mary? She's like a Barbara Lamb. So she's regressed many people back to their galactic roots and they've discovered where they've, you know, their the galactic family. And mm-hmm. she just wrote this book called The New Human. Anyway, she said that one of her nine-year-olds, she's really into the children, the children. One of her nine-year-olds said the star seeds on our planet uh, equate to about half the population. Mm. So you, that would be like three and a half billion people I mean if that's really true I don't know if that's true or not that's just what this little kid said and she loves it when the kids speak because they're not watching the news or the internet you know because they're just coming directly from you know they're not regurgitating some information they've seen online or something right (laughs) Right. (laughs) they're just coming from that pure connection and if that's true you know like your dad there's so many people out there in service that are Mm -hmm. amazing galactic beings who have come from higher dimensions you know there's when i say we all come from source but when i say we come from another place we our soul has hung out in these places more than here (laughs) yeah for instance (laughs) it likes to play in different dimensions and different planets and with different Mm -hmm. communities and yeah so there are just people out there doing amazing things that might seem really third dimensional and
0: mainstream but Guess what? But they're not, and they may or may not be aware of it. You know, exactly. I don't know if I would have told my dad, Hey, you're this type of star seed, and he'd be like, What are you talking about? Yeah, but it doesn't really, you know, compute to some of them either. I do agree that when you're uh, that person you were talking about um, said billions, because I was going to say this earlier, there are literally billions of us here. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, there's only hundred thousand star seeds here. Yeah. No, no, no. There's billions of us here and that number's growing. I mean, it's not like more people are awakening and starting to understand this more. But why do you think that literally, why do you think the Illuminati, as we call the Cabal Illuminati, are so afraid of us, <laughs> the star born? Because this they know the starborns are very powerful beings. I mean, we all are, you know, really, we all are. And we don't have that Uh, when we're starting to open up to our own power and who we truly are, that's when the true power begins. And some of these other beings that are on negative, lower vibrational agendas can't really hang in that environment and that high vibrational state. And that's where we kind of proceed on and start to turn this whole thing around and start to turn everything around And because that's why we came here. Starborn came here to share their individual gifts and talents and missions and from whatever it is. And it's all different, but to help earth, to help earth progress, you know, to help the ascension process of this earth, because many starseeds have already done the ascension process many, yes. many times. Yes. So sometimes we, we go like, you're going to these ascension classes and trying to send, and we're kind of like... stands with Bear and I say this all the time. We're like, stop it. You already did this. You just (laughs) remember that you did it, but you already been through this. Okay. There's no struggle so hard about trying to you know do this and not the other thing, because we've already done this. We're just relearning, re-remembering what we already know. Absolutely.
2: All of us, you know, all of us are re-remembering what, because our soul knows all of it yeah you know I just yep. like to share a personal thing with you my brother is a complete starseed, but he is the most skeptical conservative guy and mm. and he's a little bit more patient with who I am and what I do and now um, but mm. I've been told recently that I have to wake him up like it's time it's time he's completely he's got Netflix right everything he watches is like sci-fi everything he's completely obsessed with yeah. And he works in IT. When he was a kid, he'd take the television apart and put it back together again. Like he was so switched on. He was just one of those kids. I'm like, he's like, he's late fifties now, but he was one of those star kids just completely technically minded, you know, like he probably right. builds spaceships on another planet. Who knows <laughs> what he does.
0: <laughs> I'm sure he probably has in the other dimensions too. And i
2: you know, I'm going to have that conversation with him because his kids are, his, his youngest is just about to leave school and, and they said, okay, now it's time for him to wake up. I'm like, how am I going to have this
0: conversation with him? <laughs> I, just, I just don't know. Anyway, we'll see. That's another thing. I think sometimes, you know, I, I think too when we feel that we get those messages to wake people up or to, okay, it's time to share this or that or the other thing. And I think it's sometimes incremental Like, it's just a small little, you know, subtle kind of thing with them first so that they can start to plant the seed, literally the star seed, you plant the seed so that they can start to then kind of get interested themselves rather than, because I think too often a lot of people that want to, oh, they, you know, learn about their star seed and their awakening and they're so excited that they want to go get all the people in their family and everybody like into it and like understanding it. And it's very scary to people that have no clue. So we don't want to go rushing into that and we don't want to you know, do that because that can kind of really give people a taste, a bad taste in the mouth and kind of really turn away. So we just plant the little seeds and not in a way that's, that's pushy and not in a way that's making them feel like obligated or in any way, shape or form because even though they have to awaken – they have to weaken in their way, you know, and it's up to us just to kind of like, it's just like angelic beings that, you know, here you go. I can't do it for you, but I can just kind of lay this out and just, you know, here we are. You can explain what your journey was or how it's been for you and what's going on so that they can start to go, wow, that's kind of interesting. Hmm. And then you might want to, you know, if he's watching all the sci-fi videos or movies, you know, there's a certain video or a certain movie, you know, you start saying, Hey, I got this video or this movie that I think you would really like. Yeah. And it's something specific to opening in the doorway to starseed or something
2: it's so funny that you say that because I've been thinking what can I show him because he's not going to listen to me his crazy sister right so what can I show him and and there's that movie disclosure by what what's his name and that and he said I, I saw him say that he really directed that at the mainstream he said this is not for you guys that are away this is for the mainstream and because I said to him not so long ago do you believe in aliens and he goes D- do you believe aliens exist and he says oh yeah and I said, "Do you believe they're here?" And he goes, "No, no, no, no. I believe they exist. They're somewhere out there, but they're definitely not
0: here." And I'm thinking, "You're one of them, mate." <laughs> that's the that's the hardest part, I think, for people to get past. But I think for most part, we can have every almost everybody would understand now or say, "Yes, there are UFOs. There's activity. We can't deny that." You know, and most people won't really deny that fact, yeah. but to feel that they're actually here and yeah. that you might. E1 in some way, shape, or form is a whole like, different animal. Because it's very scary to, for people to have everything they knew and they thought they knew about themselves completely it is scary. turned upside down. It so is. understandably, you know, there has to be some level of them being... And they have to be at the right time for them. You know, mm-hmm. It has to be the right timing. Sometimes we're just awakened when we're supposed to awaken. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like a natural course of what happens. So we can only do what we can do for people, but not like shake them up and, you know, get it. You know, it's going to have
2: to be in their time. Yeah, gentle, gentle baby steps. Um, I've got to say that at the beginning of this interview, there are going to be people that are watching this that are going to awaken quite rapidly because of this interview. And that's the message I got when you started talking. I want to talk about your galactic family. So the Arcturians are you know, one of them, are they the ones that you speak to the most?
0: Actually, well, I would say my galactic family, the ones that I probably have the most connection with would be Andromeda. Oh. And also, well, Pleiadian, uh, Pleiadian and Andromeda, and I would say would be the, the primary ones that I, because I opened my doorway here to, the light languages that I'm speaking. And, and at this moment, it's probably about 20 over 20. I, it's growing like bit by bit, but now I've got about 20. So bringing in the frequencies and then my artwork also brings in the doorway to some of the other races. Cause I'm, I'm actually doing that now where I'm working on the different races and So it does bring in all of them. Um, But the ones that I feel, the very first one I probably felt most connected was was Andromeda. And also I had been told that I was Pleiadian before that, but I never believed, I didn't even have a connection with Pleiadian, except it's funny because I first, when they were telling me that I was like, I don't have a resonance with that. But I realized, you know what? It was like a while later I went, way back when I was young, what were some of the books that I read? And I it popped into my head. I used to watch, I used to listen to her tapes and watch, read her books. Uh, Barbara Marciniak. Barbara Marciniak. <laughs> she was one of the first people that was in her, and that was all Pleiadian information. And so there was kind of connections along in my past, but I didn't really resonate with it until a bit later. So uh, it's funny how it comes in. But, and like mm-hmm. I said, they just come into my dream time too. So it's, I'm working with a lot of different ones.
2: (laughs) But the Palladies, you know, I've heard that unlike, it's not one planet, it's like a, it's like a system. It's a galactic system which has many different planets and on those different planets are many different species and beings and ways of being and thought processes. And so it's not like it's, it's not like Italians or like they come from Italy and they eat pasta. and
0: it's sort of, it's just vast. It's very vast. And I feel that some people, because they they have this conception that each individual race has to look one way and yeah. speak one way and that's it. And I say no, because there are different, different people that I have heard speaking a Syrian language or a Pleiadian language, very different than mine. So it's not really about who's right and who's wrong, you know? It's yeah. more about, we even think about our own country or, you know, here in, the, in, in if like, say Spain, for example, mm-hmm. I just happen to know that Spain has a different dialect when you're in the same country of Spain, but you go to like Salamanca versus Madrid and they sound like two totally different languages. Exactly. And so it can be very much like that. We realize we're not, we're not exclusive with um, what languages are bringing through and what they look like. Because it is a lot larger. And to think, too, that these other species, like Pleiadians, Syrians, and Arcturians, and all of these beings are very much um, more advanced and have been around a lot longer than humanity has. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they've been millions of years of their own evolution and their own changes. So think about what has happened, what could happen in millions of years of an advanced civilization and evolving and yes they're all involved with you know hybridization genetics and how it changes and morphs into something else but yet it's in the same location so there's so many variables here that it's very hard and that's why i feel that we can't say that you're right and you're wrong and this person that's my personal feeling you know, maybe it's just my Aquarian way, is that, you know, we're all right in in that way because of it's our own we're experiences.
2: All right. <laughs> we're all right because we're all the creator of our reality. I mean, we're all right, right about everything. But I just, again, I just got, when you were talking, you just got this download, you know, how courageous, how brave and adventurous a soul is that has advanced to a level of, say, a Syrian or an Actarian or an Andromedan especially, And then they put their hand up and say, you know, I'm going to go back to kindergarten and I'm going to forget everything I know and then live that existence. And it takes an advanced soul to do that. So, you know, we talk about earth being this kindergarten or this lower dimension, but Mm -hmm. the majority, well, all of the people that are here, because we're all souls who from that perspective have access to all of it, Mm-hmm. It takes a really courageous, brave and a kind of enlightened soul to take on that level of density when you know who you really are. And, and especially when you've been hanging out in different dimensions in physical lives that are so far beyond that. It's, it takes such a brave soul to do that. So oh, for all no, of you who
0: are I watching this, you're so brave. <laughs> everybody here is brave to even come to earth, period. No matter who you are in incarnation, you he is courageous to get through this 3D mucky muck stuff and come yeah. in here and you know all of the your angels and your guides are applauding you for even yeah. taking role. And I think that our evolution, I believe that and we can see it in the children. We yeah. can see it in the kids right now that they are remembering who they are at a young age, even coming in. Mm-hmm. And I feel that as the, our evolution progresses with humanity and we do reincarnate again and in, on earth, your next time around, you will have more memory and you will, I feel the veil, you'll start to open that scope up because I feel we are progressing as a consciousness to open that veil so that we don't have to keep coming back over and over with forgetting who we are. We don't really get past, we don't move ahead. I mean, think about we were supposed to be living till 900 plus years, you know, what happened to that? We just started going into the recycle cycle like every, you know, 90 years, every hundred years when we're really meant to be living a lot longer than that. Yeah. And that we wouldn't be having to come back in, start all over again, you know, go, okay, now we got to come back in again and do this. So I feel our progression is, you know, extending the life longer again, and also coming back and having memories right off the bat. Yeah. You just so that you don't have to start all over again. Yeah. And I, feel it's it's a it's coming, and it's it may take generations. I'm not saying in the next like generation even, but it may take us a while.
2: I think it's. It's the quickening you know you know even my generation looks so different at my age than my parents' generation. you watch old yeah. movies of the 50s and these people that are like in their 20s and 30s, you know they've all got suits on the 50s gear was so gorgeous but they all look about 40 or 50. they all look much older you know like when <laughs> someone was 40 back then they were like really old. now 40 is like a teenager <laughs> but I was. I was having this conversation with someone last night. You know, she's this gorgeous woman that looks young and she's never had children and she sort of still thinks she's like hot and beautiful and she is. She's like, I don't tell anyone my age. I'm like, well, how old are you? She's like 55 and I'm like that's nothing. Just imagine if you were a galactic being and you lived to 555 is so young, you know, like, sort of <laughs> makes, <laughs> like really,
0: it, it's like, it's all perspective, isn't it? Like ages I just think we're perspective. Shifting. Yeah. And that's part of the new paradigm is that we need to step out of the old thought processes that we have to live. Uh, we only live a certain long, period of time and then we got to die and start all over again. It's like, we have to evolve from that place. And, and the kids, like what I said, I go back to the kids because we all know the children coming in are absolutely phenomenal. They come in like little masters. Yeah. and The things that they say are even like, what, you know, we, we learn from them, you know, more than any of the others. If we could only keep them in that that beautiful place, you know, and I think it's it's unfortunate because parents don't know how to be the parents, you know, in order to keep and hold that, that starborn, beautiful experience and to give them, hey, it's not in your imagination what you're seeing. You know, the imaginary beings are actually really there and listen to your child, listen to what they have to say. And most most parents, I'm not saying all parents, but most parents pretty much put it into the box of, you know, not really real and it'll go away. You know, it'll eventually grow out of it. If we were to really listen and, and see and and promote them, think about what they what type of adults they will become, and so that's where I feel we need to put more emphasis on the children and raising them almost more in like a Waldorf school or a like um, what's the other one? I think it was Rudolf Steiner's the one that created the Waldorf school, which yeah. is, is a much better type of education at least than what we have. Mm -hmm. because or Montessori is the other one but at least it allows the child to creatively or to express their creativity and their intuition as an innate part of who they are as a child yeah you know we all didn't most of us didn't get that we didn't get the encouragement and support for that even though I had great parents they didn't know about this stuff and so it was very much like you know I don't know what you're talking about or, you know, that kind of thing. And so it never gets developed and we just shovel it under the carpet. You know, I did that. I actually shoveled my, I was an extraordinary empathic child, yeah. but I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I had no clue that I was an empath until way later in life. And we're talking like 20s, 30s, you know, like way later in life until it finally came to be that I realized I had been absorbing all my parents' emotions, everybody's emotions around me, and, and knowing what they were really feeling, even though they were smiling, I knew exactly what they were really feeling on the inside. That's what I do in my work today, but that's where it's evolved is that me finally going, I am an intuitive empath. I, that made all the sense in the world to me to know that that, what, that was real and that I wasn't, you know, but in your head, you twist it around and think, well, I guess that what, you know, what I was feeling. I guess that really isn't anything because it's not, you know, showing up and I'm not getting the support and like, yeah, that's it. So I just, all right. And you move on and you stuff it inside, but it starts to come out more and more. I mean, there's an, a, there's an amazing woman who is a, she's a psychologist, psychiatrist, I believe in LA, uh, Los Angeles. And her name is, uh, oh, Judith, no. Judith, no, it's Judith Orloff. Oh, and yeah she's written books and everything about intuitive empath because she's um, workshops, books and all that. But she was one of the first people that I heard on a a tape or a CD that I was listening to on a a journey, like traveling in the car. And immediately she pointed out all these different things. Like what if you're an intuitive empath, you are this, that, and the other thing, you know, all these different things. And I was like, I have like every single one of those. (laughs) And it dawned on me that, that's where, that's why I'm like that. Or that's why it w- was really a big epiphany and opening for me to start unraveling some of my past to reclaim that as a gift and not as a curse.
2: Absolutely.
0: So, yeah, I like, agree. Because okay. you, again, you're just speaking my history. It's kind of like
2: where it just, because, you know, as a kid, I couldn't go to rock concerts because I just couldn't be in it yeah, too much, I, too much too much yeah. but you know it was, a, it was a long process to learn to learn how to navigate that ability of empath and and what my guides showed me because I just went to healer after guru after healer right. after healer asking how to protect myself right and Doreen Virtue was one of them and she's like ask Archangel Michael <laughs> to surround you and his cloak and yada 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 and I'm like yeah. none of it worked no, because what I had to do is I had to up my vibration because yeah. I could only feel where I was. Mm-hmm. And so when I was feeling happy, I was feeling everybody's happiness. And when I was feeling sad, I was feeling everything. And that was such an important lesson for an intuitive yeah. that you have to not indulge in your negative shit. I'm watching my daughter go through it now. She had an amazing message from Spirit last night. We were putting on an event for a beautiful Indian spiritual teacher that came out here, Kodanand. and uh, she had this epiphany because uh, he would just bring through the Divine Mother. It's just gorgeous. But it's a hard lesson to learn, you know. You just can't indulge in your negative crap and your criticism and your judgment because you're just going to feel everybody else's.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) and until we get to the point of realizing that, this is real and that these are your end to distinguish the difference between your own emotions and someone else's emotions and what it feels like when you're taking on their stuff or you're feeling their stuff versus what it feels like when you're taking on and feeling your own. I actually did a video on my YouTube channel about this. It was a part one and part two because I felt it was so vital to give people some tools and tips just to like how to tell the difference. Because when you're young, I know for me, it was all just a big muddled mess. I had no idea who's, what I was, I was feeling soft, but I didn't know whose, if it was mine, if it was someone else's or what do I do with it when somebody else's and typically what intuitive empaths will do because they're so, they're healers at the, at the core is they'll naturally want to take that from someone else and just, you know, absorb it. That's why we call them the sponge. Yeah. Because they just want to take it in and take it, help other people so badly. And it's a beautiful gift only when you learn your own boundaries with it and you learn how to work with it much better and to release it out of your own body with clearing techniques or whatnot that you have to do typically on a regular basis for intuitive impasse. It's not like one daily thing, you know, and I remember the one, the one thing in there about uh, intuitive impasse that just had this like, yes, that's me. I used, to take my, I used to have to take my own car places. Like I didn't want to go with a whole bunch of people. I just really wanted to go in my own car for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't understand why people were like, God, mostly because you can escape and leave whenever you want <laughs> and not have to be stuck there with that energy. And I didn't realize that, yeah, but I was like, God. Absolutely.
2: You got it. You got it. So you got it. Just,
0: uh, she listed at least about ten of these different things that were just yeah. so like right in there. But um, for anybody who wants to, you know, know about those, she's she probably got her CD still available. But she's really good at that. And I feel that, that most star seeds that I have come across, most of them are intuitive empaths. Yeah. and they have some level, some capacity. It's either intuitive empathy or um, they're very telepathic. And so the telepathic ones well, especially the, the starborn telepathics, will start again. Then it goes into not so much the emotion, but it's going into other people's thoughts. What am I? Is that my thought, or is that someone else's thought? And what do I do with that? And now, when someone's feeling negative and they're like going through that, and you're taking and you're hearing it all, but then you're kind of like, Thinking it might be you. <laughs> so it's a very important thing. I mean, we're all getting more telepathic as we move yeah. forward in expansion, and we have to be careful of what we're thinking Absolutely. all the
2: time. We could do a whole show on this because this is such an Yeah, important that's topic. a whole show
0: in itself. But <laughs> I want to get into your art and
2: your light language because oh, yes. I've got to say, yes. I've been hanging out with people speaking light language for 20 years and I just think you're amazing when I hear you speak. Uh, like, you know, I have a good friend, Ananara, who speaks. She's amazing. Oh, Ananara Bear. N- Wake- no, she's Australian. She's here in Australia, and Nanara Zolta and she's incredible, and she's a, a sound oracle, and she's she brings through things. I've never heard anybody, but, <laughs> um, but when you speak your language, they're, they're they're just they're just it's just amazing. It's amazing. How did it start for you? And
0: and let well, you know interesting. Um, interestingly, when I was about nine years old. Anywhere between nine and eleven is kind of when this started. In that time period, my uh, I, I started to speak a language that I had no idea at that time um, what it was. But it came through very similar to when you're, you know, when you're talking about speaking in tongues, the Christian faith, and all that. Mm-hmm. They understand what that is, and it's actually very similar. Mm-hmm. So um, in that way, I started to speak this language. Well, it wasn't until literally, um, probably when I got to Sedona, because that's when everything started to really open up, is um, I had a period of time within about a two-week period. And all of a sudden, the floodgates opened. Um, I was going through a lot of uh, opening and, and all of that and learning. But it was like literally two weeks. I was getting such downloads like every single day. And these new languages were coming out like in my you know, I'd wake up sleeping. I was in the shower it'd come out and I started just going, Oh my God, I got to record these. So I did record them so I could kind of start that process to identify. But after about, you know, I don't know, gosh, it must've been like nine, nine languages, something like ridiculous came in so much in that time period. And then after that, I kind of said, Whoa, I need to integrate. And then I yeah. sort of let them come bit by bit after that. And some of them would come in long drives in the car and a new language would come in. So it started to become more integrated into my life where it wasn't so disruptive because I wasn't sleeping that two weeks. I mean, it was like crazy. So I started to adventure instead of just speaking the language, I really wanted to know what am I speaking? Why are these different ones coming? And what I started to realize is that I have a specific multidimensional aspect of myself that is basically in, like you would say, uh, I kind of lim- I have these two beings in my head that if you put the two together, it would probably be very similar, is Lieutenant Uhura on Star Trek and Deanna Troy on this Star Trek New Generation. So you got the intuitive empath and the psych counselor, and then you've got this, this Lieutenant Uhura who's uh, interpreting all these languages. You put the two together... And that's where I felt like I was kind of coming from and that my role was as diplomatic, you know, starseed ambassador in the other dimensions of bringing these languages through there in that dimension. Yes, it was more for uh, diplomatic negotiations to understanding the different languages. And I believe why I had so many of them come in a certain period of time. Um, was a big question for me about why would they come all of a sudden? And this gets into the, we're not on a linear timeline and all things are happening at the same time. Well, that would mean at that particular time in another dimension, I was set upon a mission to download, learn, whatever you want to call it. I was told about 125 languages, but I don't have that many in my repertoire. I'm at 20, you know, because we have to say 3D, it doesn't come down here like it does in the other dimensions. And learning those languages was for purpose. And so I. that's why a lot of them kind of dumped into that period because it was almost like a mission and it needed to be uh, downloaded. So it started to seep into my 3D uh, realm here in this way. So after this started to come in and started, many and more of them started to come in, I began to identify them as where they were coming from. And the difference between... Um, my light language that I'm speaking and maybe some other people's is that I am not channeling a particular person or being or anything like that. And it sounds very much like I am, but I'm actually not. I'm actually tuning at this... Down here in this three-dimensional... I'm actually using the languages for more on a healing purpose or for more awakening and helping people to kind of open the doorway and awaken than I am using them in the other dimension is for a different purpose. So I have started to realize how I'm bringing it here is different than how I'm using the languages there. And that's very common for what I see when when I tune into people's soul origins. For example, in my session work, I'll see people doing other things up there and it comes down here and it may look a little different than how they're what they're doing there. Even though there's the same frequency, it's, just, it's coming out in a different way. So really the language was coming in and I started to put together about... It took a couple of years and I began uh, to put together a what I call my spectral... Or it's like a chakra light language clearing and also a spectral light activation using light language and the chakra systems. Mm -hmm. And so they started to show me a way of clearing the chakras using very specific languages going through each chakra. And that is kind of what I've kind of put together as my way of bringing languages in uh, to utilize that in my session work Mm -hmm. to help people. It's not really for like, how do you say how are you doing in Pleiadian? Yeah, you know, I know that I, and this is a big, 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 big issue because we think about our languages here, you know, in, in earth, yeah. German, we have English, we have, you know, Polish, we have French, all these different languages. And all of them are literally interpreted word for word. This means that. Yeah, that's what we're used to here in 3D. We're yeah. used to having languages make sense to words that we can interpret. But light language is so different. I just had an epiphany, but yeah, go on. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. It just, light language doesn't translate in that same way. Although I've only been given like typically one phrase that I've been given that actually translates word for word. But for the most part, I was starting to do interpretations when I first started speaking this. And then I was getting from my guidance, my self, like, no, just stop doing that. We're trying to get people into breaking out of the paradigm that we're in. Then we have to move, that, move people uh, emotionally speaking with the language or something in their physical body that shifts to get them to understand it's not about the brain and what each word means. And even so, light language can mean volumes of information just in one sentence. I know, I know. This
2: is what they just said to me. Why do you need language when you communicate telepathically? So, the sounds that we use mm-hmm. are for a different purpose than communication. So, like yeah. you're saying, healing, most of the, most activation, of the- creation. So, because yeah. it's sa- it's sound, right? Language is sound but it's not communication. It's communication on a different level because they communicate telepathically. So you know what someone's thinking. So why do you need to speak to them? So why talk, right? So the reason that we give you sound is for a different purpose. That is incredible. I've never, that just, Totally dropped in, love it. Yeah, love I think
0: it's it's something that we're 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 breaking out of our own paradigms of that to know that we bring in languages for different purposes. But yes, it's not it's not to impose the same concepts on it. And most of these beings are telepathic. So even when I was trying to get, like I was getting the fairy language and I was getting, it doesn't have a sound. Like how am I supposed to speak it when it's like silent and telepathic? How do you speak telepathic so that you make a sound? And the only way I can speak it is in a whisper because it's so like that energy is just, the frequency is very much like the whisper in the trees. You know, you don't, so there's, for me, each one of the languages has a totally unique frequency and a completely unique energy about it that isn't, some of them are similar. Some of them have similar, um, but even in the way it's spoken or the flow of how it's spoken. And so sometimes when I'm learning light language and this might be a tip for somebody, I get this question all the time. I mean, I do teach light language uh, for people to, to get their own barriers out of the way, but um, not to like teach it word for word but I do get people going like, how do I speak my own languages? You know, how do I, how do I do that? And it's like, you know, really have to get people to open up more and get out of the fear because most of it is fearful. People are afraid of sounding stupid. Stupid. Oh, look, that's me.
2: Um, But, you know, I just, they're telling me it's spoken music. And because I wanted to ask you a really third dimensional question, like, do you understand what you're saying? Thinking that you were, and then they dropped in this, like, it's not about communication. I'm like, well, there goes that question. Because,
0: you know, Although I will, I will get a sense. Like I, I don't bring just any old thing into my not knowing what I'm saying because truly what happens with me is it it will come, the transmission will come from that location or whatnot that I'm tuning into. I will get an overall message, but I just don't do it word for word because, um, so yeah, there is some communication in it, but it's just not translated the same way, but you might just generally get like, I'm getting a feeling that this is coming from a heart And it's really about the energy and the frequency of the heart and allowing people to kind of open their hearts. Or you might get the feeling that this is really a grounding kind of energy. So it's really helping people to pull their energy down into Mother Earth or whatnot. So you get these overall uh, general communication type of things just so I have to do that for myself because I'm very... I'm very much shielding my own energy before I speak the language. Mm-hmm. And that's very important for people to put that high frequency vibration so that you don't get crazy jumper spirits coming in to mess with you. And you do kind of want to know what's coming in before you just bring anything in. So
2: look, that, um, that was something I was listening to you this morning. I was doing a bit of research before like jumped online with you that you said in one of your um, videos and I'd suggest everyone check out your YouTube channel because it's amazing. People often have like, how do I know that I'm not getting malevolent spirit or malevolent beings or that? It's such a third dimensional idea that it's it's buying into fear and danger and fear. And that's what we do a lot here. Personally, yeah. I don't buy into it, so I don't worry about that question. But it's a question a lot of people ask. Yes. And, you know, I just set an intention that everyone I speak to is like, it's just there. It's just it's just part of my reality. It's the whole negative, you know, entities jumping in is not even a part of my consciousness, so I don't go there and literally right. I don't go there, which you could do too. But if you are there, like I'm afraid, you were talking about that. Do you want to, you know, tell yeah, people? No, I,
0: I feel like, yeah, um, ultimately it is you get to the point where you just innately know that you're surrounded and shielded. But I have um, something that I, that might help some people that until they get to that trust level or that place that they can put what I, what I call a diamond over your head. And that diamond is like a diamond, and it's like a diamond. Here's my herkimer diamond. So it's like a clear diamond that you put over your head energetically, and you give that diamond a particular role. And that diamond's role is your filter. So it's just like a water filter. You fill out, you uh, filter out all the crap before you drink it. Well, you're going to filter out all the crap before it comes into your body and before mm-hmm. it comes into your energy field. Mm-hmm. So just like that filter. You turn it on, you give it an intention of what it's supposed to do. It's going to filter out anything that is not for your highest good, any negative vibrational energies that you feel, and it won't come through your your vessel here. Now, having said that, every now and again, what do you have to do to your water filter? You have to change the cartridge. Mm -hmm. You have to clean it. It's just like anything else. you know. Stuff, energetically speaking, gets built up, Mm -hmm. and sometimes you just... Tune in, and you're like, I think it's time to change the filter, and you just mentally do that, or change the diamond, if you will, and you clear it out, and then you begin again. You put that, you put that above your head, so it's kind of a visual instead of just a nebulous intention that sometimes is difficult for people to uh, to do, and that makes it a little bit easier to start with. And then, and then you put your intention of bringing your own energy in. Your higher self is always present, mm-hmm. and that's when you decide to let yourself be safe enough because now you've got that set up, you've got your parameters set up and now you can allow your, and then now it's just about you getting over the fear of speaking out. Yeah. That's the thing I have when people feel that they're too afraid to speak it because it sounds like gibberish or someone's going to think they're weird or, you know, I went through that. So I get yeah. exactly where people are coming from with that. Now um, let's
2: hear some from you because it's amazing. Uh, maybe just anything they want to say to the people yeah. that are listening and to me. Well, I think
0: that I think that I, I was getting the, the Pleiadian energy because we were talking about the heart so much that I feel is a very, and it's potently up right now with the heart energy big time for everybody so I feel like that wants to probably come through first okay
1: mm-hmm.
0: so again when I say to everybody just listen with your heart and not with your mind when it comes to the energy of the languages that come through as I said it's spoken music spoken. as you would listen to music
2: spoken
1: music love that okay Miāla lanīle kāle samai kālinisto aleiak nō shuuma lai kānehi neua sāni oma elekia kūnai lae samaina kūle so o kula sumialati kielenia Anasti shuuma kiwa mesaue. Farēnai hai, Selianai Hakame, Sulianasta ali kuhula na mahine, Umaki, esu kuhine asola ke mi alak inu sto maiine ta ele ilu eleki ma Gosh,
0: you know, I have to tell you, I have just, I just got a huge chill wave that went through my body when that came out. So that was for more people than I think are going to really experience. Oh Connection. my God. My eyes just started blinking <laughs> immediately
2: when you said, I mean, that was just a, that was just a love song. That was just a love song.
0: This was, it was really, and I do, you know, frequency that came through because it was coming through with such loving oh, God. emotion for people i felt like that was really coming through to give people uh especially starseed to give them hope know, it's not just hope but to give them like reassurance hey like you're doing you really well yeah that's you're exactly so right. loved you're, you're so loved really and really yeah.
2: well it was such a like you doing really well don't worry you're yeah. so proud of you we love you so much it was such a oh my god it was such a love song and i, I felt it hit me directly too like it was speaking directly to me but not just to me to everyone oh, that's watching
0: oh. but everybody but see we're all dealing with this right now especially and that's why this is up in front we just went through you know lion's gate and now we got this solar eclipse coming and the frequency of the heart the, the heart portal has been up really really a lot in right now so I feel like the energy is we have to stay in the heart because there's so much challenge and so much chaos and so much craziness as well as good I mean there's a lot of good things too but we're getting hit bombarded by the solar flares and energies of the sun and all of the empowering cosmic rays plus you know the lion's gate now the eclipse and the energies of that that sometimes we just need to just go it's okay you're gonna be all right Okay. I know it's a lot. We're taking in a lot, but you're doing great. Everybody's doing well. And to give that kind of rush of that energy going through the body. And I felt it really strong on this one. So, and when I feel it that strong, I know that there, this is from many more people that will be watching this. It, it's just it's from that time, so to come, even if they watch it afterwards, you know, yeah. it'll be, it's still going to be very empowering for you guys. Um,
2: you know, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting the more, you know, the rah, 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 like so you do. The sort of like, because you get into oh, yeah, these like, and I just
0: love them. I just love them. But it was. Well, I can do that for you. I can do that for you too if you want. But yeah, I, that. I just was feeling was like, like the, the heart needed to come in first. It was beautiful. It was perfect. It was perfect. Yeah. Well, I think the other one too is bringing through, um, the guardian language, which is okay. a very, very grounding, grounding language. So it can help some of us to keep keep our, our central balance so that we don't get knocked over and that we don't get too much, you know, all this instability or instability. So the guardian language is very much like that. And also the Syrian language is very much like that as well. Those two are very, like, way different than the one I just did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's really uh, yeah so it's up to you guys if you would like me to do yeah let's do it we've gone way over
2: time but I'm just so loving this conversation I can have you on forever Uh, because we still haven't done touched on your art yet I still want to show people some of your incredible art but let's do a bit of Syrian or whatever whoever else wants to come through and let me not dictate what's happening
0: let me do uh, okay so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm just gonna say what this is but i definitely want to go I'll, what i'll probably do is do a little bit of both and so do the guardian language and also the syrian so this will be a little stronger energy but Bero
1: maga ga gurishi meeru. Mera sokuma amatu kurashima kutushine. Barano kumati kurisini
0: atara Duruma garitu omasu tame yuguria. Same de ichi demyaka. Ba induma Gari de ichi magari oma. Bejuma shokuma shidibiyo sumapi eto homaka oshunieu oma bari Yashi akil, son akil, Kalias tak, lastimi ekis tu kale, Kalis de kesh de kastan, Gastimi sti Tan ames de bestin el, Gadiastan a kash est meek, Ki i kalak, shen, sti kumak, Kani kashi, sheni ukul, kast Okay. Those are a little bit more <laughs> pulling I felt, yourself. Around. I felt like
2: that was a really teaching energy, like an instructing it was in the, like instructions.
0: Yeah, it was instructions. You're very right on with that because I was feeling there was an energy of a particular well, It's not going to be particular instructions to individuals specifically, because obviously this is more for the consciousness of whoever, but there was also something coming in about um, people getting on their mission and their Uh purpose here. So there was a bit of instruction in that regard for that particular um, topic, I would say. Yeah. And also to really ground it into the earth. So that's why the guardians wanted to come through, because we're really about talking about people's missions and then grounding it down here not being more airy fairy about what it is out here but let's bring it down here in the you know what I'm,
2: I'm getting it's kind of like before you take on this vehicle you know a human physical suit and they give you it's like they give you some instructions how to drive it and how to yeah. and how to like imagine too, you're swimming so you're in a different matrix. So instead of air, you're moving through air, you're moving through water, and then you're given instructions about how to swim through that matrix. It's like that, those sort of instructions.
1: Beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah I love that. And, and then we allow people to whatever they receive from it. It could be something totally different, different. for each person. And that's why I put it out there as a the general information of what I feel is coming through. But because the transmission doesn't give me word for word, I get the piece that I get. And that allows the rest of it to be for somebody else that needed to get something completely different, perhaps. But energetically, that's what, what was coming through overall. So, um, you know, we all need to get, get a little bit more grounded with our missions here, especially Starseed, because it can look very nebulous. And like, how do I put that? You know, that's kind of what I help people with, is taking that, that esoteric information and putting it into practical measure here and what does that look
2: like but as we talked about before too there are literally millions of star seeds that are very grounded that are yeah. doing you know amazing work they they head charities or they they're inventors right. or they're in the IT industry that don't mm. even they're not even awake <laughs> but they're doing they're what so they can yeah, yeah like your dad that's why i love the story of your dad it's just because we've got to remember that yeah, just don't yeah. judge anybody because they're they're here doing what they're
0: and you don't doing know it. sometimes too, because I really was functioning on my mission, except for I wasn't doing this stuff. Yeah. But I was in the right place at the right time. And you think about it that star seeds are place in certain corporate environments because they need to be in that environment, they're actually perhaps helping the other people. Just by being in their presence, they're helping the other people. I mean, I have a, I know a lady that's a client of mine. She works in the banking industry and she's, yeah. she's there to anchor the light because there is none in there. And she knows that even though she's in the banking world, very corporate, it's still she's just being there to spread that light wherever it needs to be. You know, the lighthouse, wherever it needs to be placed. Yeah. And we need people doing that too. We just want... People to be more aware of that. Okay. I didn't have the awareness of what I was doing till later. You know, so we need people if they want to be in that industry and they're, you know, know that they have a mission to do that and just become aware of it so that you can, you know, feel like you're doing your mission as well and that you're fulfilling it. Yeah. So very important.
2: They keep well, chiming in. I get, I hear this. On the light, they do it all the time in interviews, and they're going to go. You'll hear it when you listen back to the recording. Okay, there's so much more to say, but let me let's have a look at some of your art. So you're a activation artist,
0: visual attunement artist, visual
2: attunement attunement attuner or attunement. (laughs) So when people see the art, it's like listening to the spoken music or the light language. It's this activation of memory how, how is that working is it the symbology is it the color is it the, is it the image or is it just all of it
0: well it is all of it i, should, I would say as a general side because there's so much going on in the images and yeah. um, originally when i first started doing this it was really about opening up the doorway to these portals because i realized i had some connection with portals and gateways and all that as you can see in some of my art it's looking like portals and doorways. And they're opening to these other realms, which a lot of these other realms actually literally do exist. And I would have people that would come see an image of mine. And they I've had this happen many times. And someone will say, I've been there. Yes. I've been there. I know it. Or even in their journeying, in their shamanic journey, someone's like, that's where I go when I go to my shamanic journey. So these are real places that I feel needed to come out for people to see Them in a visual and have them remember because a lot of people have been there, it's not just me. And then so that they can see it and experience it. And then also have some awakening and activation from it. And it's particularly in my newest, uh, my newest art pieces are all, all of them now have light language symbols and, you know, light language specifically embedded into the image so it's Sacred Color Ray is where it first started out for me and then has moved into a whole new genre with light language codes, divine codes, frequencies, upgrades. And it started to come in, the light language where I was seeing it and drawing it, these, these languages and these symbols for people is, um, I remember when it happened. And yes, it was here in Sedona, but it was many years ago. We were at a coffee shop. this woman came up that we knew. And all of a sudden I looked above her head and I saw all these codes like above her head and they were all like sitting up there. I was like, you know, I started just took a napkin and started to draw what I was seeing and I gave it to her and I started to do that with people and I started to see these codes, but I saw them. What was interesting is I saw them just sitting up there and I got the impression that they don't know it's there but it's just waiting for it's like a package waiting to be downloaded, and they don't know how to open that, or it's just okay. sitting up there. So that's kind of where I came in to start trying to activate and open that up. So I have a, a service that I do create specific personal uh, code symbol for you, and it's usually helping to open that package up. But it started to come in, so the light language. And the symbols and the different codes and the sacred color rays and the otherworldly locations were coming in. And I was almost having these beings lined up. I mean, I literally, and I still have them lined up. It's almost like someone that does a portrait, you know, someone that paints people's portraits or something. Well, I have the other realms lining up like my turn. Okay, I'm next, Mm -hmm. you know. And it, it was like that. It, and I get that. Like I did one that was the gift of the mer- people, and it's the mer- mer- people image that came out of a dream that I had about the mermaids and the mermaids actually gave me a mermaid name. And I wasn't particularly connected necessarily to the mermaids, even though I love them. They gave me a mermaid name and they were having this whole dream. And, and I was like, it was at a time where I had a mindset of who was going to be next in my images well, because that came up, I realized they really wanted to go first. And so I, they wanted me to do an image of them. And it was kind of like needed to take precedence for whatever reason. And so I kind of switched the order around. So they kind of talked to me in the in the way that they would like to come through or who would like to be first or who would like to, I'll, you know, they're not fighting over it by any means, but because um, I have so many of them lined up, yeah. I can't possibly probably get to all of it in my lifetime, you know? unless we are going to live the 900 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the plan is to try to keep this going as long as possible. So yeah, that's the overall messages in my dreams. And then the individual product that I created, which was my Oracle deck, because originally that's what these were for, was to go into Oracle decks so that people could use all of the tangible tools in their hands and start to build their own psychic gifts. So yes, we have wall art and all that kind of stuff to be on people's walls and activate their homes and you know hold the pictures. But to be honest, it, it was kind of all to be culminated. And then if people want specifically, like they want that image, yeah, that's when you do it. But having 44 images... You know, to play with and use and and build your own connection to your guides and to your angels and to your higher self and your star friends and your the fairies and all of that was kind of why I wanted to create all my artwork in a tangible form of some type, and it sort of so that fit like the whole genre of what I really wanted to do to get them in people's hands, mm. and that's why I didn't create necessarily an oracle deck that's just a fairy deck or just a star seed deck or just an angelic deck because i wanted people to have the broader scope of it all
2: because we are multidimensional we're multidimensional yeah. exactly we're exactly look i had a meditation with my daughter the other day in one of my guests and friends books he talks about the reality of the mer people
1: mm. but living
2: on earth right right and i had it just challenged me. I can talk about spiders that, you know, live on different planets that rule the universe, and I can talk about it. I can get it out there. But the mermaid, the fact that there was actually real mermaids in our ocean challenged my belief structure, right? Right. Living on other planets, no problem. But here on Earth, it just it just hit a resistance in me. Yeah. And I thought, I can I really believe that? No. Anyway, so in this meditation the other day, I asked why I had so much resistance. And they said, because you are one. <laughs> and I thought, oh, damn.
1: Oh, that would make sense,
2: yeah. <laughs> because it's like when we have an emotional reaction, be it love or hate, it hits a mm-hmm. knowing. You know, it, hit, it, it might hit our ego mind that says, oh, that's crap, that can't be. But when we have that strong emotional reaction, yeah, you know, like my brother, if I said to him, you're an alien, he'd be, Oh God, you're so ridiculous. And like, he so totally is. And it's that strong emotional reaction. That's really pointing to a truth inside you. And that's something in my meditation the other day I realized because I was sitting, staring out over the ocean thinking, are they really in there? Like I'm looking at the ocean. Are they down there? So now I want to go down there and swim with them. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> absolutely and they're so they're so amazing I hadn't really realized how amazing they were either until I had that dream and I was like god these are really cool beings yeah. I love that and you know by the way uh, you were talking about your brother earlier I was like thinking to myself this is just one way okay so you don't want have to say anything but I'm saying it doesn't even have to be my art but some art that maybe is like Activating activate. on a level that they just like the art and they don't know why, but it's actually doing it's some time. of the thing and behind the scenes totally. um, that can help too in ways that you don't even have to do anything except for just say, hey, you know, which one of these images would you like, and let them pick and choose. So yeah. there's other ways to do it, and it's not saying that that people can't activate themselves and all of that, and they should. But there's subliminal, subtle ways that can be very helpful for people.
2: Absolutely. And the thing about a lot of these star beings is they have very powerful, very strong intellectual minds. And you know, like Sherry Wild, um, she's actually with us on Sunday in the Inner Sanctum. And I'd love you to join our Inner Sanctum next year. So I've got a little tribe of people that come together that can meet my guests and, and talk to them and spend, we teach and we have fun. And oh, nice. she is a alien that's having her first life and she's part of the hybrid program. Anyway, she had such a powerfully strong intellect that she just thought aliens was the most ridiculous thing. Like she was so adamant about it until she was regressed. <laughs> but a lot of them have really strong intellect and with that comes a lot of cr- critical criticism you know like critical yeah. analysis critical that's not logical that doesn't sense, right. know, like, it doesn't make sense you know like so it's well, getting and- through that wall to possibility and you know and allowing possibility to shatter that wall of criticism
0: and we have to realize that people have a very strong repelling feeling to the beings that are like reptilian yep. draconian, zeta yep. and all of these that we have put these connotations that they're just all negative and they're not and so we have that we have to unravel some of that to know that just like we have these really negatively based humans yeah. and really awesome humans well there's also negatively based draconians and very good kind ones and i i even have uh, i should have said this earlier but when you were asking about my so my star family mm-hmm. i do have a hybrid of, of zeta in my dna mm-hmm. so it's like but when i first learned of that for myself i was like what you know cuz i even had this kind of are you kidding me that's not one that i would have thought i would have had but it totally makes sense with who i am and how i am and some of the the natural tendencies and and some of that more intellect and not so much of the motions. And it just fit a lot. So I I have to say that we have to open ourselves up and not only just be fairies, and because we're all hybrids and we have many more things inside of ourselves. The DNA where I look in to see somebody's soul origins, I'm looking holographically at their DNA. I'm not looking at their protein-encoded DNA. I'm actually looking at the what they call the junk DNA, which is yeah. not not junk, but that's where it resides in there. Yeah. And there's so much in there that we carry over, even though it's in our DNA and our body, it goes into the matrix of our soul. And then it goes into the next experience. So it's all the information is right there. And that's why we have to realize we are so much more and we may not be just all the pleasantly... You know, we have lived different experiences, and some of them have been negative in that way, where we've made some poor decisions. And you know what? So what? We all have done it. We're all working on that, and we're all working on ourselves. So we have to kind of—that's embracing the light and the night side. You know, the light side and the shadow side, mm-hmm. embracing all of that which we are, and all of that which we maybe put judgment on. I don't want to be Zeta, or I don't want to be draconian, and and I see it all the time with people. So we have to realize hybrids below, that means you're not just one thing. You're multiple different things. And, and you know, genetically speaking, even in this life, but also in other experiences, which I don't call a past life. I kind of see it as like more parallel lives because it's all happening at once. Yeah.
2: But You know, most of the negativity that's on our planet is... 99.9% human created. Like a lot of people talk about the negative aliens and the influences and because we come from this 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 separation singular perspective of of me and mine and what I need and I need to get that for me because you're gonna take it and fear. Right. And the the higher dimensional beings or other dimensional beings who have a perceived negative reality they're coming from a collective consciousness but they're still mm. coming from what our collective needs versus what you you know so there's still a need but it's more it's a more collective need whereas yeah. we come from this personal need like I need to murder you because you're going to take my inheritance away and I need that money you know like that's right and so the negativity that we it's all us <laughs> it's all right us. It's us. it's us, you know, so let, forget about the negative aliens. It's us.
0: <laughs> and until we realize that we are the people that we've been waiting for, to yeah. help us, we are that. So we yeah. have to actually change ourselves. The best thing that people can do is to turn inward and look here first. Yeah, And that is what truly will change the world. As more, the more people do awaken and see that and realize we have created what we've created here. We've done what we've done to the planet, and we need yes. to clean it up. It's, yes. all of us. it's all us. It's no one yes. else is going to come in to save us, even the E.Ts. They're not going to come in and save the day because they can't. It's no. not their place. It's just their place they come to Some of them are coming in to help us to give us support and to give us the love that can help us to continue, but it is up to us to shift and change our own planet here. And this is, you know, where we are at this time and this is what we're bringing. And so when
2: we exactly, and when we're more collectively focused, we mm-hmm. won't do what we're doing to the planet and the other beings on our planet, exactly. like the animal. You know, when we understand that we're all one, one, right. we just won't. And and even the the negative aliens understand that. So they're so much more advanced than us, you know, like. They heart. So they all have their, you know, if they bring that collective understanding, that's just so important. It's it so is. important. It truly
0: really is. We live on a really interesting planet in a very interesting time as we're being watched for our choices, what yes. we choose. We are being watched at this time. It's a very crucial time in our planet's history, if you will, overall, of the consciousness and the evolution. Yeah. So it's, a, it's going to be interesting because, yeah, we could go either way here. And we're, I think many of us are gathering into that unity consciousness minded because we know that that echoes throughout the planet. The more we embrace it, the more we spread that light and be that light, yeah. that the more this is going to ripple out and the more shifts and changes that will be for towards the positive instead of the negative side of things.
2: Oh look, it's just been so beautiful. Like an hour and a two quarters talking with you, it's so it's been so. I've just loved this conversation. It's so it's funny, funny right? and I hear these like bangs, like these these sounds as I'm talking to you. And it's almost as if someone's going high five. High five.
0: <laughs> they probably are.
2: <laughs> you say something, and there's this like it's like a slap, like this. Like they're going high five. She said that she got that in
0: high five. <laughs> oh <I love> yeah. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. (laughs) I love that. It's been so beautiful.
0: Yeah. And thank you so much for having me on and having you just my ability to, to share what I want to share for people and, you know, mostly to have them have an experience and hopefully that people will be awakened at some level or some shift or some uh, epiphany or insight or something that comes to them from this. That's the whole point. Right. Them.
2: absolutely absolutely and just tell people your website that are listening to this on
0: audio yes you can find me on lightstarcreations.com so lightstar and then creations with an s on the end dot com that's where you'll find my my oracle deck so you'll find all my cards which is actually awesome in this beautiful box and all that so you can find all this stuff on my website and you can have and my session work as well. So I've got starseed sessions, light language activations, artwork, um, all sorts of goodies on there that you can check out, custom artwork, you know, all that. And uh, if, you ha- if anyone has any questions, obviously they can, they can also contact me on my contact form from my website, as well as on, you know, I have YouTube channel and I've got Facebook and all those, you know, social media things that they can also find me for oh thank you so much for talking with us today it's been just thank you it's been my pleasure and my blessing to share with you and it's just awesome and uh it's just really been a, a love i love your energy and what you're bringing and thank you so much for honoring people and bringing them to a platform that people can you know share it's really beautiful
2: Thank you so much. And remember, if you'd like to join us in the inner sanctum and meet some of the amazing people I speak with, hopefully Lightstar will come back next year and we can all pump her full of questions and see more of her art and hear more of her language in the meantime you can you know contact her through her website and her youtube channel remember if you want to join us in the inner sanctum this is deliberate creation for the new old teachers each month i invite a guest from one of my shows to come in and talk to us Please do so on the link below, slash the inner sanctum. Or if you'd like to have a personal reading, what I do is I check out those subconscious habitual thought forms that are stressing you out, help you work with them instead of against them, help you find yourself and awaken you to your true potential. Thanks again for joining me for another show, Accentuating the Positive. Catch you next time. Bye for now.
1: Clap along if you feel. Like that's what you want